You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms, and if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. Today, I'm so excited that we get to have three-time Dove Award winner, Matt Hammett on the pod today. You guys might know him from Sanctus Real in the past, or he has had millions of downloads from his own music as well at matthammett.com or Spotify. Guys, we are so blessed to have Matt today. He is an Enneagram 9, and his wife is a 2, and we get to talk with him about marriage, about church hurt, and about how as a 9 you're going for, and there's a lot of 9s out there, so if you know a 9 or if you are a 9, Uh, He's helping you guys, or all of us actually, to make sure we're present in marriage, not just thinking about marriage or doing our things creatively, but really and truly invested in family and in uh, the very most important things that we are called to. So I'm so grateful and excited for this episode with you. I'm also especially geeking out that he has a new song called Church Hurt, which uh, he gets to talk about in our episode too. So we get that sort of double dynamic of, oh my gosh, we get to go to the depths of marriage as well as community hurt. So if you have either one, marriage or community hurt, he is sharing from his heart and the wisdom he has is absolutely beautiful. So can't wait for you to watch slash listen wherever you're at. Make sure you check out the show notes for his music, his books, all of the stories. There's so many more conversations we could have had about his family, losses, joys, uh, faith that you can continue to glean from as you check out his music, his book, and of course, right here with me, his story. Matt, we are so grateful to have you on the Enneagram and Marriage Pod. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Your music has meant so much to me over the years, and it is just a joy. I know so many of our listeners are geeked out with me here as we get to talk to you. So thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your family. Yeah, so... Um, I'm married to my wife, Sarah. We have four kids there. We have two boys that are 10 and 12 and two girls that are 15 and 17. So mm-hmm. kind of right in the thick of it. Um, you know, some people, um, it's possible. Some of your listeners might know Sanctus real, which was a band I was in for 20 years. Mm-hmm. So I did that from 1996 to 2016. And then over the past six or seven years, I've kind of dedicated this season to being home more with my family and taking on some other projects that I couldn't do when I was solely focusing on the band. So it's been a really sweet season to just kind of get to, to just have some margin in my life to do a little more, um, outside of, you know, what I was doing for those 20 years, which was amazing. I'm so grateful for it, but you know, life comes in these seasons. So both Mm -hmm. have been really good. 
That is beautiful. And I think that's going to be just such the heart of our convo today is just stepping in as families and uh, and seeing how we can support uh, the God-given gifts we have, but also yeah. really like, yes, there's adventures in that way. But like now you have a different kind of adventure with, um, I know because I have a 15 and 17 year old daughter and my son is 11. <laughs> so you're kind of like, you've got an extra one there, but it keeps yeah. you really busy, doesn't it? Oh man, it's... <laughs> I mean, unbelievably busy. Yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. <laughs> Insane. So it's beautiful. Like I was like, oh my gosh, just that you could do this. So thank you. Um, yeah. But tell us about uh, a little bit about your Enneagram type. Everyone here really loves this, obviously, and yep. finds it helpful. So tell us about your type and your wife's type and all of that and how you met too. Yeah. So my wife and I, you know, we probably aren't as educated as you are or as some of your listeners but you know, we've, what's interesting is that we've both tested as twos. So, which I don't know if this is true or not. You can tell me some people say it's not always usual that, you know, two people who get married are basically the same type. So, but then, you know, so what we've tried to figure that out, like we both love to serve. We love to help. We love to be, you know, to, to in any situation, however we can, we just, we do, we love to like get in there and serve and be helpers. Um, so I think I thought I was a two for sure. And I do have aspects of that cause I tested that, yeah. but then I went on a trip to Wyoming, a five day trip to Wyoming. Um, and one of the, one of our, the guys I was with was, uh, Ian Cron. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, you know, Ian at the beginning of the week, I told him, I said, Hey, I'll be honest with you. Like I tested a two. I don't really know what I am. I know you're not supposed to really tell me, you know, uh, <laughs> but you know, he, he filled me in a little bit, um, a little more about it at the time as I was learning. And then at the end of the week, I don't remember even the, what the situation was, but I said something and he put his arm around me and he said, spoken like a true nine. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Hey, you're not supposed to tell me that was his sly way of telling me, but not telling me what he thought that I was. Mm-hmm. And I've had a lot of friends tell me that they think I'm a nine. And I did have a different test than that did tell me that. So I can definitely it makes a lot more sense because I I definitely am someone who's, who is trying to make peace, see both sides. I'm empathetic towards both sides of each situation. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, but I'm, I'm still learning about it. You know, so many more people who are so much more educated than I am. Ah, well, you are really speaking like a nine though, in the way that you try to see all the perspectives and also the humility and the care, uh, it's, it's showing forth, but I love that your wife is a two and that we actually call the two and nine pairing here, lovely hospitality because we noticed, yeah, when we kept seeing many, many nines and twos, we're like, oh yeah, like this is their mutual gift. So I love that you confirm that we'll actually send you one of our pairing guides afterwards too. Oh yeah. Um, because this is neat to hear that you do that together, you and Sarah. And I love that Ian helped you. Um, yeah. <laughs> tell us how you and Sarah met a little bit. Yeah. So she crazy. She saw me at, uh, I was, I was up on stage leading worship for some event at my church when I was, I guess it would have been 19. Yeah. And I guess she's the way she tells it that she saw me and immediately had kind of that draw, you know? And, um, and then crazy enough, a few months later, I saw her oh. and felt that same draw, not oh. knowing that she had felt the same thing. I was at a, at a concert. Oh I had performed early in the day. Yeah. The sh- our show was over. We were still an independent band and I'd stuck around to see some of the national acts perform in the evening. Yeah. Uh, this was like 1999, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so I just happened to see her out in the crowd 
Yeah. And I just was like, had this, this draw to her. I didn't say anything to her, but crazy enough, the next morning I was set to, uh, to be part of a citywide worship service to lead music mm -hmm. back in my hometown, which is three hours North of where we were when I saw her and her mom and her grandmother had both invited her to come up to this thing from Columbus where we were that night. And the next morning I get up on stage and I look out and sh there's this girl who uh. I had felt so drawn to. Right. And she's uh. there with her family. And so it was very unlike me to go up to somebody randomly and just ask for their yeah. number. Like I, yeah. I was never the kind of person, like I didn't use my platform mm -hmm. for that, you know? And, yeah. um, I kind of like respected what I did. I wanted to, you know, like yeah. I didn't, that wasn't the reason I was singing. Right. Yeah. And so, um, I just went up to her and I said, Hey, I don't need you to do this, but I wanted to find out who you were, <laughs> you know, I ended up getting her number and that was, that was that for us. So it kind of was like in a weird way, love at first sight in a yeah. sense, you know, I know it's yeah. a weird, that's, that's a broad term, yeah. but yeah. it kind of felt like a piece of that. To us. Oh, I love that. And I really do believe in that. And not just because yeah. I'm mystical or something. It's I've had yeah. so many people share that with me over the last two decades of working with couples. So I believe that. And I think that's beautiful. And I agree yeah. that and know that there's a lot of grit and hard work that goes in, but yep. um, I'm just grateful that you could share that. And some of our yeah. listeners aren't married yet. And so it's fun for them to hear like, uh, wait totally. for the one that you feel something for. Uh, we yeah. want a lot of that. And I think nines are really good at that too, that you guys, at least from what I understand, don't typically rush into a relationship, especially if you have good boundaries like you did. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We did take our time, you know, and mm -hmm. then a year and a half later, end up getting married. So 2001, it'll be 22 years this July. Oh, congratulations. So, so 2001 wedding, July. Yeah. We got married in 2001. Yeah. Cool. I love that. That's our year too. So it's fun oh, to really? see other couples with that year. It's very cool. Yeah. We're like, now we're in the, uh, you know, not the full afterglow, but like, there's a sense of like, you've emerged from some shadows and you're like, you know, you're like, we're doing our work now. <laughs> so yeah. it's yep. Oh, That's well, right. tell our listeners then about, uh, some of your journey maybe, because I know I adore the song lead me. Yeah. Uh, I know many do, uh, I would love if you could share with us a little bit about your heart for marriage and how that song was born and make sure you guys listen. If you have not heard this one, it's so good. Yeah. So about seven or eight years into our marriage, you know, we were definitely going through a really rough patch where mm -hmm. we had a really difficult time yeah. resolving conflict. That, that was really where our biggest issue was. We're such passionate people. So we love very passionately, but it was yeah. like, we also fought very passionately. Yeah. Yes. And you know, we, but it was because we wanted to, it's, it's that whole thing of like, you feel like someone's fighting against you but they're actually fighting for you, right? Because what they really want is to reconnect so badly that they're willing to fight for it, right? And so I don't think at the time we could see how we were actually trying to fight for each other. And it just felt like we were battling against each other to try to get through this stuff. And finally, Sarah just kind of broke down and I could see the root of some of where she was hurting. And she just said, you know, you're you're out there on the road, you're providing financially, but I need more than that. I need, it's like, you're here, but you're not here. And I need you emotionally and spiritually to like be mm -hmm. present in this relationship. Mm -hmm. And something about just seeing the pain, you know, there's actually a line in that song that says in picture frames, I see my beautiful wife always smiling, but on the inside, I can hear her saying, leave me, you know? 
And that was a literal thing that happened that day that I wrote the first draft of that song was the picture of our wedding was sitting next to, uh, next to me. And I look over and she just like, she's so expectant and glowing in this photo. And then across from me is this woman who's like seven years later, she's broken and she's weeping. And it's like, man, this is just not what anybody really Mm -hmm. anticipates, right? When you get into marriage, you don't, that's not what you're thinking about. You're thinking about the good times. And so it really made me go, you know what? We got to get back to the root of who we are and why we love each other and how do we get there? And I just, all I knew in that moment was I I knew it was humility. I knew it was me going, I don't understand how we got here. Mm. Maybe I have some pain of my own too, but right now it's time for me as a, as you know, a leader in this relationship for her looking to me and asking this from me to step up and, if I don't know what to do, then I need to pray. And I mean, just started like my seeking God, like give me wisdom so I can lead, lead me so I can lead her. Mm. And the funniest part about really that day. So, I mean, there's, there's this, there's the hard part, uh, but there's a funny part too. I wrote this, the draft of the song, leave me, you know, which now has gone on to do so much more than I ever imagined. But she came in the room after, I had written the song. I said, Hey, I just want to play you this song I wrote. And she was like, I can't remember exactly how she said it, but she was like, uh, yeah, I don't really want a song. I, I want change, you know? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. And she loves the song, yeah. of course. But in that moment, she was like, that's not what she oh. needed from me. She didn't need another yeah. song. She needed, yeah. you know, our marriage to start growing and changing. And, by the grace mm-hmm. of God, I would say the lead me journey for me. And I do actually, I write about it in my book, lead me as well, which is available um, from Waterbrook Multnomah. Um, and it's got some of her voice in it too. Mm. But it, you know, that was my journey from being a man of good intentions mm. to a man of action. Mm. I felt like I had lots of intentions about who I wanted to be so much so that maybe I thought that's who I was. And I think a lot of us have an imagined version of ourselves where we have a reel of things we envision ourselves doing Mm -hmm. that we have desire to do or intention to do. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like we're playing that life out in our head. So I imagine myself being with my kids more, playing with my kids, spending more time at the basketball hoop, you know, spending more time, just whatever it is that I want to do or more, you know, you can almost imagine those things and you come up with like this, you see, you envision yourself. And I think sometimes we grab on to the envisioned version of ourselves that we want to be, not realizing that nobody around us really sees that mm. because they can't, because it's in our minds and we haven't taken those good intentions and lived them out mm. to the degree that we see ourselves wanting to. And so I think for me, it was looking at the reality of those good intentions and visions I'd had and going, I haven't lived these out to a degree that's made my family feel loved. Mm. And so it's time to take those and live those out. And that's kind of been my journey over the years of learning to be that kind of leader in my home. Mm. That is so well said. And, and I think even just you're pricking the hearts of some of our listeners who maybe haven't come to that awareness of that fundamental attribution error, uh, myself included sometimes, where we're like, I am doing better than I really am. And when my spouse yeah. messes up, it's because uh, they don't have as good of an inner core as me. And we don't do that in intention, especially like a two or a nine would never do that with intention. But but just yeah. hearing you say, uh, 
you know, sometimes, especially in the nine space, we need more than intention. We need action. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's huge. And I think looking back at the song and as I've been prepping this episode and re-listening to that, I've been saying, you know, I hear the two and the nine in there. Uh, and I think most women uh, and many men as well, but have this quintessential two aspect to them of, you know, I think of the two as the Eve and the ultra femme. And it's like every woman wants to be cherished and adored. And yeah. uh, most notably, though, our two females say, I want time. I want you. And I've heard Suzanne Stabile say, I can't remember if she said on my podcast or somewhere else, but she said uh, that she was like a two saying, I don't want the car ride with you where we're listening to worship songs during our trip. I want to be talking to you and engaging. And so it really yeah. made me I'm remembering that too, because I love listening to music um, and sometimes in the absence of the connection. So it, our twos really bring us back again and again in our heart types, threes and fours as well to people, yeah. right? And that's good. Yeah, right? totally. <laughs> that's right. That's a, that's a good word right there. Oh, thank you for like, yeah, exploring that. And I really want you guys to hear the song if you haven't. Now I also understand why there was a peace in the midst of storms when I did hear that song and when I do hear it. So uh, you carry that for us. Uh, you also told us about, uh, I've been enjoying articles and chatting with you a bit about uh, Church Hurt, uh, yeah. because that's really, that's a new song. Uh, I think it's born out of a story. We would love to hear about that. We have a lot of people listening who have Church Hurt, and mm -hmm. uh, we're just so grateful to you. So maybe you can tell us a bit about that. Yeah. So, you know, when I was 10 years old, I remember driving away from the only church we'd ever attended my mm -hmm. whole childhood. Yeah. And my parents telling me that we were never going back and seeing the uh, pain in their faces. You know, my dad had uh, served at the church. He was on the elder board. A couple of them had approached an issue that was a problem in the church. And instead of fixing it, they were asked to leave from the pulpit. Ooh. <laughs> and so we were asked to leave, you know, and my dad had done the right thing. Mm. Um, and mm. instead of, you know, dealing with the problem, they wanted to push out the people who made others aware of it, you know? And so it was really painful. And then mm -hmm. we went through within the next, I think three or four years, went through two more church splits at different churches. But here's the thing my my parents, when I was young, always taught me, Hey, we serve God, yeah. not people. Yeah. And, you know, people are broken. They always taught me those lessons and they kept faithfully serving wherever we went and through a couple of church splits, stayed at the same church they're still at today. So after, you know, that 10 year old, yeah. me driving away from that church, the church we landed at, despite many changes and problems along the way and be of course, beautiful things as well. Yes. Right. But we're talking yeah. about the hurt. Um, mm -hmm. They yeah. stayed till now for, you know, what, what is it? 30 years. <laughs> so it's, they're amazing people. But here's the thing, like, you know, since then I've been able to have somewhat of a healthy, I think. I've had a pretty healthy view of how to deal with my own church or as an adult, but, but it's, but it is real that we shift in and out of these communities. And we often see other people who are really hurt through these relational shifts or leadership shifts or people's failures and mm. communication issues and conflicts, you know, and, and there's, there's a couple different kinds of, of hurt, which is, is interesting because we've got people who I think deal with, larger trauma, right? There is some people who deal with like ab abuse, you know, that's very clear. And there's a clear um, person who should be held accountable for what it is that they've done. So there's mm -hmm. kind of that group of people, which that those people I really hope, you know, can move to healing through some deeper uh, 
mm. counseling, right? And get help. But then there's this huge, also this massive, this even bigger group of people who just feel displaced around the fringes or mm. um, went through relational difficulties that couldn't be resolved. And mm. in the 2,500 plus churches that I've gone to over the course of the past 25 years of doing, you know, speaking mm. and singing, wow, I've seen that most Christian people are the most amazing, loving, sweet people who are caring for others in the world. The church does more good for people worldwide with, with missionary work and all the relief they bring and the people they feed and the orphans and the adoption. It's like we do amazing things, but I couldn't deny mm -hmm. that also everywhere I went, there were people who were hurting. There were people who had experienced church hurt. Mm -hmm. And then I started seeing it more in my life too. You know, mm -hmm. people who were on the fringes, they were hurting. They didn't have a home church. They didn't want to go back to church yeah. because of things that had happened. And I think this song just, because of the things I'd been through um, and then seeing how many people around me were hurting yeah. really felt called to write it and to mm -hmm. sing this from, you know, an empathetic viewpoint, starting out with, Hey, kind of almost singing. I was met when I started singing it, it started coming out of some of the pain I felt as a child, even watching my mm -hmm. parents hurt. Right. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> singing out of that place, I think gives empathy to those who are in that place now. Yeah. And, but then I think it moves to an important question, which is the question my parents answered for me. Do we put our faith in God or people? Yeah. And I think the ultimate landing in this song and the place I wanted to land and the ultimate thing we can look at is, you know, if we are Christ followers, we can look to him yeah. and we can say he was the first to experience church hurt and betrayal. Mm. You know, when Judas betrayed him unto death, when, you know, God the Father even turned from mm -hmm. him mm. for you know forsaking him mm. so that we could have life. You know, he it was like he ultimately felt the deepest hurt mm. and he experienced it. In that hurt, he took it upon himself to love imperfect people. He took upon our brokenness to love others and make them whole. And I think there's something in that where we can say, yes, we hurt. Yes, this is hard and the pain is real. But if Christ can love others who are broken, can we love them too? And, yes. and including ourselves, can we love ourselves enough? Yeah. And so I do think um, it's a song that opens up hard conversations, but my hope is that those hard conversations lead to healing ultimately. Mm. So that's the heart mm. of the song. Oh, thank you for that heart. Thank you for being brave to sing that song. I know that a lot of people are not able to sit with that tension. Just like you said, so yeah. many are serving and willing to sit in those depths. There are just as many saying, can we stop it with the victimization? And and yet there are people like you and I and many listeners, as I said, who have a lot of church hurt. And yeah. some of our listeners have told me and my clients, like, I'm not going to a church right now because of it. And, and I was yet just yeah. in church this week looking at, I believe it was Hebrews 10, 25, don't give up meeting with other believers. And I thought, 
yes, you know, and our pastor happens to be a six in Enneagram verse. And he's like, here's our issues as a church. Like we're way too uh, church centered and we we don't evangelize enough. And and he was able to look deep at some church wounds that we sometimes create and co-create. And, and I was glad to be sitting there in the depths. And I think our listeners are, I hope they are with us to say, you're not alone. If yes. you're struggling, don't give up on community. It's the very best thing according to faith and research. Uh, serving like you and your wife's gifts, like these make us feel happier and healthier. And it's no coincidence. Yeah. Christ is the best. So thank you for, I didn't know that like tangibly I knew it, but I didn't process that about church hurt until I heard your song. Yeah. Oh man. Thank you for that encouragement. appreciate that. Yeah. That was, I think what you said about not giving up meeting, you know, even since some people may not find themselves back at a formal church, but I hope within those four walls, but I'd certainly hope that they connect with us, uh, with the church and get involved yeah. in home groups or building community with people. You know, it's like, I know some people who have found other believers that they meet with regularly in their mm-hmm. homes, you know, and they're just, they're encouraging each other. And so, you know, the, that journey might look different for other people, but the worst thing we can possibly do is isolate ourselves right? Because in isolation is when the imaginations and the lies and all the shame and or, or just our anger or unforgiveness or whatever it might be festers in us. And we're left to our own devices and our own voice and the voice of the enemy speaking to us. We've got to be around people who speak truth to our hearts mm. and our souls, you know? Mm. Yes. Thank you. That is a beautiful reminder for those who are not ready to step that foot. And yeah. and as it's also a relationship podcast, I'm even thinking about how not long ago I said something to my husband after experiencing some church hurt, just much smaller, but still hurt and kind of yeah. opened a wound. And I said, I don't know how long I'll be able to do this in a Sunday morning. I was like, our kids are so wonderful with our church is wonderful, but it's hard sometimes. I was like, maybe sometime I wish I could go to like a Thursday at four just this liturgical <laughs> experience. And I, I was so blessed that my kind of high Baptist husband with Appalachia roots was like, I would do that with you. And I was just like, That's you awesome. know, emoji tears, like you would do that. Yeah. With you? And then like that gave me courage to come back on in and just like be present with, like I said, very loving, nurturing church we're in now, but um, just letting our listeners process, like try to be there for your spouse too, as yes. I'm sure you and Sarah have tried to do as you've walked the journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so important to do to, yeah, just to, to care for each other along the way. Yes. And any last tips for nines out there who are trying to lead well, but also knowing nines are like, I don't necessarily want to lead, but I want to be a healthy uh, agent in my marriage. Anything about that? Yeah, for sure. I think for me, the biggest thing, because, you know, I'm empathetic and I look at both sides and I want to make peace all the time. I have had to learn, um, (laughs) along the way, how to internally, I would say, and, and with God's help, like sometimes find my position on something and be okay with having that position that can be, I think, actually more helpful than there's that push and pull of always wanting to please people, always wanting to see both sides. Always That's good. But maybe for me, it's actually been helpful to process more of that internally before I just start talking, you know, because a lot of times it's like I can be this way and that way. And I'm figuring out where do I 
you know, how do I move in each situation? Mm -hmm. I do think um, trying to be okay with the fact that like, I don't have to make everyone happy. Mm. I don't have to, um, there's a, there's a fine line between empathy and seeing both sides, but also being willing to say, well, this is what I believe is right or is helpful. And mm -hmm. so coming, yeah. you know, with, I would say with confidence, finding our confidence mm -hmm. in whatever situation it is to say, mm -hmm. to lovingly say, Hey, this is my opinion. This is where I stand, uh, without wavering on that you know, like in real time, <laughs> you know, it's okay. Yeah. Sometimes you need to have that. You yeah. can be that person a lot of times yeah. to shift and move and hear and, mm. you know, and discern. But I will say, yeah, learning to just say, if I disrupt the peace a little bit by standing for what I do know is right, even if I do it in a loving way, I got to live with like living with that and being okay with that. I don't know. I hope I'm not just rambling on. Oh, <laughs> so helpful. Our nights yeah. are coming it up. Yeah, I just do think that's important, you know, to take, take to, to find this is who I am. This is what I believe. Mm -hmm. This is where God is leading me. And mm -hmm. this is where I can stand when I know I'm meant to stand. Mm hmm. And, and thank you for reminding nines. You don't have to be front and center all the time. Yes. Uh, but yet I am thinking of the, the reminders of power, love, sound mind, like nines have a very special power gift. So when you're not in at all, we're missing that. And look at your beautiful voice. I mean, that's what I hate to say, but the enemy does try to get the voice of the nine. Like that is the thing I've known so yeah. many nine, ironically singers too, uh, because I do feel like that's a special gift of nine and, and I'm grateful that you're you're in your power but also like you said like you do see all sides so hopefully there's a way nines can insert themselves with that love that you also recommend pairing it with yeah absolutely <laughs> oh well thank you matt so much this has been incredible tell everybody where they can find your music your book everything yeah so if people go to matthammett.com uh, they can literally just find links to everything so on the front page of my website um, I've got a link to where people can stream church hurt. They can watch the video. They can download a seven day Ooh. devotional. That's free that I actually put out around that song. Oh. Um, and then also I've got like a, a link there for my book as well. So yeah, people can check it out or I would love it. If people followed me, my primary, I mean, I'm on Facebook, but I'm also on Instagram. So people can follow me there as well. Oh, thank you, Matt, so much. We will put all of that in the show notes now. I get to go geek out on that series. I love reading, so I'm excited to read awesome. your devotional. And I know we have a lot of visual learners, so thank you, Matt. Yeah, thank you, Krista. I really appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, my pleasure. Okay, guys, thank you so much for being part of that episode with us. I feel like we got to just sit down and have coffee together with Matt. What a gift to all of us. If you're a dad out there, happy Father's Day this coming week if you're listening live. Otherwise, just doing your part, whatever you're uh, in for seasons, for life, it looks like getting in as we talked about today and not pushing our way out or uh, even just kind of hanging in our fun zone. So thank you for listening and for just taking one thing from today's episode with you. Think about what that is right now. We're so grateful to have you on the journey with us and make sure you grab those show notes for all the goodies right there for you from Matt. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. 
If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show as well as EnneagramAndMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.